When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. everyone and welcome back to jumping bomb audio the world's number one joshi podcast i am taylor and i am joined as always by my wonderful co-host kelly kelly welcome back for another great show we got a lot to talk about this week oh thank you 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 ever think you're going to record a podcast and then you think you're not going to record a podcast and then you think you are going to record a podcast and here you are recording a podcast that's what we're going through i have to say that uh We've been doing this for two years, and we've run into, in that time, almost no issues um, in terms of recording. I know I listen to a lot of other podcasts. You can listen to some of the other podcasts on the wonderful Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. And I know that I've heard horror stories throughout the years of a podcast going wrong, and strangely enough, that has never happened to us, And but... You know, you might think, oh, that's a good thing. That's good news. In my <laughs> mind, I continually am thinking one of these weeks, it's going to happen and it's going to be really, really terrible because we've had no issues. So when we have an issue, it has to make up for two years of no issues. Yeah, no, it's got to be an entire show gets dumped and then we re-record the show and that one gets dumped too. Yeah, I have fully expected almost every week as we've recorded that one of these weeks we're going to hit finish and it's going to be like nothing was recorded nothing happened (laughs) and frankly if that happens i really enjoyed doing this podcast but we're not going back and re-recording uh no because the idea of doing you know two hours of recording and then hitting stop and then doing two hours of recording and having to say the same exact things you just said yeah, it's one thing way. to redo a bit. Like if you're like, oh, I had something interrupted us and I'm like, okay, we'll start this over and do it again. We'll edit it in post. But like to redo an entire show just sounds like a nightmare. 
Yes. Well, hopefully that will never come to pass. Let's everyone keep our fingers crossed. And here we are. We are recording uh, the podcast now. So hopefully you are hearing this. Uh, And we'll jump right in because, as I said, we've got a lot to cover. So as always, please follow us on Twitter at Audio. We did some tweeting this week. Um, I randomly, while I was at work, received a notification we had gotten a like and realized that Kelly had congratulated Tsukasa Fujimoto on her wedding. That's uh, right. I did do that. <laughs> yes, which got a like. And I was like, we tweeted? And then I realized that you had tweeted that. And I made a, a very limited amount of tweets uh, about the big Tosio, Tokyo Joshi Sumo Hall show, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, so follow us there. The more people we have following us, the more uh, likely we are. We'll put it on the on the listeners. <laughs> Follow yeah, us, you so guys. more likely we tweet. It's your fault we're yeah. not tweeting so much. You In can my defense, I'm just playing video games all the time now. I'm barely watching yeah. wrestling. I, I didn't even watch any of the shows we're going to talk about. I'm just making it up on the fly. Oh, wow. Getting behind the curtain. Someone's wow, going to think scare. this is real, and they're going to get so <laughs> mad at me. <laughs> we have one scare that we might not record, and Kelly is pulling the entire curtain down. <laughs> on the podcast i've never watched wrestling in my life kelly doesn't even know i send kelly a bunch of notes at the beginning of the show and i say kelly you should say this Uh, (laughs) it's why kelly often agrees with me because he's just agreeing with my own opinion uh i'm just a puppet it's great it's uh it's really great for me to really double up on my own opinions yeah i mean uh, really i've kind of like I think I might like the idea of all these time limit draws, but you know, I don't watch the show, so I don't know. (laughs) You know, people say you can't do a solo podcast. Well, I'm showing you can (laughs) by hiring someone else to give your opinion for you. (laughs) But if you want to see more of my thoughts, you can go to Kelly's Twitter (laughs) at (laughs) Comic Geek Kelly, or you can just follow me, get it direct from the source at Tay Mambo. Please subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. And if that podcast app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. So lots to talk about this week. We are going to review the big Probably the biggest Tokyo Joshi show from Sumo Hall Grand Princess 2-2. We are going to talk a little bit about some stardom news, the New Blood show, the Cinderella tournament announced. We also have the big stardom previews for their two big Sumo Hall shows coming up, as well as some other things, and everything in between. So we will kick it off first with... Tokyo Joshi's Grand Princess 2-2 from Ryogoku Sumo Hall on March 19th, 2022 in front of 1,714 fans. Not a great number um, in my mind. But before we dive into the individual matches, Kelly, what did you think of the show overall? I loved it. I thought it was great. I really... I really enjoyed just how DDT and Tokyo Joshi puts together big shows. Like they just, they feel big and they're long, but it never feels like a slog to me. Like I just, I love them. 
and this was fit right in with the with one of these like it's neck and neck because i'm as we uh record this i haven't finished ddt judgment yet but it's like just it has the same feeling where it's like these are two big back-to-back shows and i love it like i i was really really happy with this show uh what about you I really, it's funny because I thought it was an amazing show. I really enjoyed it. And, but I also thought it really wasn't all that uh, much in terms of in ring wise, um, as we'll talk about when we dive into the matches, but I still thought it was an amazing match. It has that feeling that, especially in the last two years of COVID things, that so few shows really have, you know, we've had these sort of big stardom shows, but the stardom shows at this point, sort of their quote unquote big shows that they run every month, you know, sort of excluding the Budokan show from last year, but sort of the monthly, you know, 1000 people big shows to me often don't feel like big shows. You know, the entrances are the same, you know, there's not a lot of, extraneous stuff there except for you know here's matches and they could be very good here it really felt like a celebration you know it felt like a big deal show for everyone you could tell that everyone was really excited you know we'll talk about this as we go through the matches but a ton of big entrances interesting entrances new gear you know special guests things like that it really felt like a big show in a way that really the last show that felt this way to me was the Gaia show that they did, which is another show that I really loved, which just felt like a big deal. Like I like when these promotions put behind, you know, these shows sort of the oomph of being like, we really care about this. We want to make this a big deal. And we feel that it's really important to show the audience that like, this is a big show and it's really important. Yeah, they really focused on, like, the extravagance and pageantry of wrestling. Like, I mean, the matches were good, too, but, like, the big focus felt on, felt to be presentation to me. So the opening match was a tag team match, the debut of the newest Tokyo Joshi rookie, Juria Nagano, teaming with Moka Miyamoto in a losing effort, losing to the regular tag team of Arisa Endo and Suzume in nine minutes and 44 seconds. I am going to go first here because I, this is one of the things I tweeted about. I am all in on Nagano. I yep. thought that she looked, re- <laughs> she looked really good. She had that great combination, which I retweeted um, in gift form of like the two back elbows, the strikes, and then the kick, the sort of like delayed, um, leg kick which uh nagisa nozaki does sometimes but i thought that this version looked better sort of in the ring so i thought she looked great i'm all in on uh nagano can't wait to see what happens with her and another really strong exciting rookie for tokyo joshi yeah uh she feels to me like non-problematic loki just the way she kind of stalks around the ring like him and just the intensity. It's awesome. No one else on the Tokyo Joshi roster really has that kind of intensity outside of uh, Yamashita. Like she just, she feels legit. It's awesome. I'm 
super in on her. Like, just buy all the stock right now. And I feel like she elevated Mocha, too, because it kind of brought out Mocha's more karate influence as well, rather than just like, I'm just going to try and be a wrestler with some karate stuff. She was still doing that, but it was like, okay, it was more pronounced now. Because, like, Juria is just straight up, I'm a karate person. I'm going to kick you in the head and chop you and look fucking awesome. So I, I was really in on this match. I These tag teams are perfect together. Like let's let's go. It's I was super excited about this match. I went I went three stars on it. Like that it's honestly if it, you're going for like a debut, five stars. Like she did perfect. Like fantastic opener. Yeah, the the one thing that was sort of like, oh yeah, she is a rookie, is there was a couple times when she sort of was got stuck sort of waiting, clearly like waiting around for yeah. the next thing to happen which i'm like look it's her first match that's uh you know totally fine that was sort of the one thing that i was like oh yeah she is you know she's a rookie i did really like the show you know a lot of uh celebration of sort of the past and the present of tokyo joshi um old uh sort of retired wrestlers coming back and things like that i liked that they had this kicking it off sort of showing the future and I think Nagano fits in well with all of the other, uh, you know, Endo, uh, Yuki Arai, Kaya Torabami. I mean, I think that's a really strong class and a really uh, a, a good way to sort of show in a way when we talk about the changes in Tokyo Joshi. This is really it. Another person who comes in and has one of these sort of like really great blow away debuts i mean i remember there was a couple years when tokyo joshi rookies were debuting like every month and all of them were sort of like yeah this person is fine uh you know they're a rookie we'll see what happens and now it seems like every rookie that comes in is like this person's so good yeah uh you know you can't believe it uh so imagine what this promotion is going to be in like three years Yes. Um, although we'll talk about we'll talk about that as we move up the card, because, uh, you know, I have some questions as to what this promotion will look like going forward, <laughs> uh, which we'll cover more as we get higher up on the card. Uh, the finish to this match, uh, Suzume hit the hit the um, what is it called? Ring a bell. Is that what the move is called? Ring the bell. So. Which looked sort of strange. It looked like they had a miscommunication right at the end. Um, But overall, a a strong match, certainly a strong opening match uh, for this big show. So the next match was an eight-person tag team match. It was Tokyo Joshi versus Gambare Pro, where the Gambare Pro team coming out victorious, Harukaze, Moika, Haruhi, Yuna Manase dressed up in her Onita tribute outfit and Yuri defeating Haruna Neko, Kaya Torabami, Mahiro Kiryu, and now Kakuda in 12 minutes and 20 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? I liked it a lot. I thought everyone worked really hard. Uh, I came most... I came away most impressed by uh, Kiryu because we've talked in the past how she has like good nights and bad nights and she looked really good. And I like the new gear. 
And like even in loss, she came out of this looking really good, I thought. Uh, the Gunbari team was cool. I I honestly haven't, outside of Yuna Manase, I really haven't seen most of them because I always mean to watch Gunbari, but then like five months go by and I just go, eh, I can clear this show out of my backlog. I'm not going to get to it. <laughs> but like I, I, I enjoyed this match. I went three and a quarter stars. I thought it was really good. And the Onita costume was rad. I was, I was uh, happy with that. That was fun. I have seen bits and pieces, you know, not a ton of all of the um, Gambare pro team. I thought that they, I thought it was a good team and I thought that they were good here. Uh, surprisingly, you know, Kiryu debuting new gear, which I thought, and new hair, which I thought looked a lot better. Um, I think it's overall stronger gear, but I sort of ended the match thinking, yeah, I think I'm officially out on the Kiryu oh, no. uh, train. So, <laughs> Uh, here's a disagreement uh, that we have. I, I don't, just just something about her where I'm like, yeah, this is not putting it together. And I just feel like maybe that this is someone who's going to end up sticking in that uh, sort of low card spot. I'm sort of interested in Torabami, who, you know, came in with a lot of hype, took some time off, is now back. And I don't really get a read on, you know, didn't take the pin fall in this match, uh, which feels important. It was uh, Kiryu taking the pinfall. But I just don't know. It feels like she's been passed by, you know, Endo. Obviously, Arai is at or near the top. And now you got Nagano coming in with an impressive debut. And I'm just not really sure sort of where Torabami fits in here. Torabami uh, kind of feels like to me like um uh Sayaka and uh Gato Move slash Choco Pro, where I I don't think wrestling is her entire main focus. Like my I my guess is when she took the time off, it was probably something school related. So I wouldn't be surprised if she's like wrestling is kind of just a side thing while she's like a full time student or whatever and who knows? Maybe like Sayaka will see her kind of just make wrestling the higher priority and then she'll really step up and become something. But for right now, that's my guess. I mean, obviously, I don't know for sure. I'm just guessing here. But that would make sense, especially with the needing time off thing that she did for what was it like a month or two, I think something like that. Yeah, it was a little bit. Yeah, it just feels to me like sort of she debuted with that sort of like, oh, wow, look, she does this sort of springboard move. Uh, that's cool. And it just sort of feels like, oh, she still just sort of does that springboard move uh, still. Yeah, she so, started off good and hasn't progressed, really. Yeah, but still a rookie. So there is time. And, you know, she is being compared to probably the most prolific uh, Tokyo Joshi. I mean, definitely the most prolific Tokyo Joshi rookie class that they've really ever had. Yeah. Uh, so. We'll see. Um, the next match, the first, I would, I, I would probably say the first of the big matches on this yeah, show. But but, a, but before we get to the match, we got to talk about this nightmare ring announcer. Oh yes, the original, uh, the original ring announcer. It was funny because uh, the ring announcer came out, and I think at that point live, because I did watch, I didn't watch the whole show live, but I watched the first. Uh, actually three matches, three matches plus of the show live. 
And the ring announcer came to the ring at the exact time when Excalibur uh, from AEW on Twitter decided to plug the show. (laughs) (laughs) So anyone anyone who randomly said, oh, Excalibur is plugging this, would have logged in to this ring announcer. This awful uh, nightmare. Speaking in the ring. See, I didn't think it was so bad. I think that that's sort of fine. It's like, oh, that's cute. Much better than the Momo masks, I'll say, which are my nightmare. That's fair. Uh, but yeah, like I was just, I wasn't prepared for this because apparently like, I I didn't watch early Tokyo Joshi. So I've never seen this ring announcer before, but oof, it was real upsetting. I, I, don't, I don't like the live action anime faces. They're <laughs> just, they look wrong. I don't want to see that face in a physical form. Keep it 2D. Uh, don't keep, don't put that in my wrestling anymore. It's upsetting. Yes. I also didn't, uh, or haven't seen sort of, uh, uh, original Tokyo Joshi. There was a time back, uh, about two years ago when, uh, Aaron and I were doing, when there were really no shows happening because of COVID and we started doing the, uh, stardom, uh, retro reviews where we did debate for a time covering some of those original uh, Tokyo Joshi shows, which we didn't end up doing, but those are on, uh, or they were on the last version of Wrestle Universe. Uh, those sort of very small shows on mats, uh, very sort of Chuckle Pro, Gato Move style shows. Um, so, yeah, some of these, some of the people coming out, uh, I was unfamiliar with. Um, but that's okay. It was all, you know, fun. I was not as affected by the ring announcer as Kelly was. Yeah. The other people I didn't recognize didn't frighten me. So I was, I was all right with them in my notes say in all caps, yo, what the fuck is this nightmare ring announcer? Question mark, question mark, question mark. (laughs) Well, speaking of sights to behold in the falls (laughs) count anywhere match, hyper Masao defeated Sanchiro Takagi dressed as Hyper Masao. That was incredible seeing him come out. <laughs> 12 minutes and one second. Yeah, when Takagi came out dressed as Masao, that was... Uh, I could not believe it. Like, I hadn't even considered that as a possibility. No, not a chance. And not even dressed as Masao, painted like Masao. <laughs> yes, and the mask, not wearing a mask, but instead painting a mask on, uh, painting the Not for the nothing, the on. wig was good. The wig was good, and I did note, watching it live, that the minute he took the wig off, he lost the match. Yeah. Uh, So maybe the wig had powers. I mean, the (laughs) highlights of this match, uh, Brooks and Aki were stressing on commentary that Takagi had already stated that he was willing to pay fines in order to break the rules of Sumo Hall. uh, Which I wasn't exactly clear on which rules he was breaking. (laughs) Um, as they were going around the ring, Hyper Masao did leap off the, uh, I don't know what you want to call that, the entry entrance way? way, but it wasn't the entryway for this show. It's sort of the entryway that, um, like New Japan uses sometimes yeah. those sort of side, um, whatever entrances, doors, I don't know what you call them. Uh, that was a highlight. Obviously, the Tower of Chairs, maybe the biggest Tower of Chairs that's ever been assembled 
in a wrestling ring, uh, which was then crashed into by Hyper Masao on the uh, Hero. What's the name of her bike? The Hero bike? I know Takagi's yeah. is the dramatic dream cycle. Yeah, it's the, he- uh, it's the Hero bike or Hero cycle, something like that. They had the bike versus bike showdown on the ramp yes. uh, at one point, which went was very brief when they just drove the bikes into each other and then fell over. Right before that, I noticed there was a bit where Suzume was at ringside and saw that uh, Misao left her helmet at ringside and she grabbed the helmet and like sprinted backstage with it. <laughs> Apparently she didn't get it to her soon enough, though, because she went out helmetless. Uh, then also, uh, Takagi using the fire extinguisher while he yelled hero beam (laughs) over and over again, which I really loved. Uh, but really to me, this was a classic, uh, big sort of DDT cyber agent, whatever you want to call it, sort of big show, quote unquote, hardcore, anything goes match. Yeah. Big nonsense fight. Yeah. A lot of nonsense, a lot of big spots, uh, things like that. Had sort of an abrupt ending for me, although, as I said, Takagi took the wig off and almost immediately lost. So maybe the power (laughs) was in the wig. Um, And the abrupt ending is going to become a uh, running theme for me. Uh, But a great match. One of my favorites of the night. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I went three and a half. It's not a match for everyone. But if you like this style of DDT nonsense, you're going to have a good time with it. It's really exactly when you sort of hear, oh, it's a DDT big show nonsense match. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. So if that sounds exciting to you, I would say watch it. And if it sounds terrible to you, I would say don't watch it. (laughs) Yeah, if you think it sounds terrible, you're going to think it's terrible. (laughs) It's not going to change your mind. Yeah. The next match, another singles match. This one, friends, uh, friends explode as Asuka defeated Yuki Kamafuku in nine minutes and thirty-eight seconds. Asuka came out with a dance, but we have to talk about Yuki's. Uh, we have to talk about Yuki's entrance. <laughs> what a came bizarre in, entrance! <laughs> came into, I believe, the parking lot of Sumo Hall on a motorcycle uh sort of unzipped her pants then took out a cigarette and was going to smoke it and then saw a sign on the wall that said no smoking (laughs) put the cigarette away another person drove up and gave her a bottle of alcohol which she drank and then went to the ring yeah and it wasn't like she drank a ton of it she just took a tiny sip and then went to the ring oh and also all of this was in the corner there was a big red uh indicator that said live yeah (laughs) which made me think okay this is definitely not live yeah i was wondering if she was gonna get the full goldberg entrance where they follow her through the whole place uh but two great entrances uh this i thought was a fun match lots of kicks uh, but another match, I thought, like, just had an abrupt ending. It was pretty short, like only nine and a half minutes. I thought that they were maybe going to go a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say, in general, this was, you know, I it was 
I believe five hours or, you know, give or take, cause there's some intro stuff, some outro stuff. Intermission. I thought, it, I thought it was like a pretty fast show. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It didn't feel like five hours at all to me. Like in some of these matches in the middle, I'm like, these probably could have gotten a few more minutes um, and would have probably moved up, you know, in terms of my rating. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a solid match. It just sort of ended and I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. Yeah, no, I thought it had a pretty abrupt ending too. It, it This was really like the ultimate mean girl match. Like just here, the two at the lunch table... They're finally going at it. Uh, some of Asuka's offense looked really brutal here. Like, so that was cool. Uh, I like this match a lot. I went uh, three and a quarter on it. Uh, Asuka's new gear is really cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, and the match started with them like complimenting or, you know, yeah, that touching was each other's hair. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they started slapping each other. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it felt like someone said the wrong thing at the lunch table. Well, the next match was another singles match. This more than friends explode. This is sisters explode. As the two members of the Bakaretsu sisters, Yuki Aino and Nadoka Tenma, battled with Aino coming out on top in 9 minutes and 24 seconds. I believe that this is the first instance that I can remember of two competitors in a singles match coming out at the same time. Yeah, I've never seen that before either. Uh, they were played out by the band Angela, uh, featuring a guitar player that I believe looked sort of like the long lost brother of Taichi. Yeah, I could uh, see that. A little bit. Uh, but a great entrance i mean the lead singer sounded great i thought it was a cool entrance it was sort of interesting to see both of them come out at the same time uh as for the match it was interesting i talked about you know uh jury and nagano sort of representing the future of tokyo joshi and it felt in a way in this match as i was watching the match sort of like tenma you know retiring next week um i believe is her retirement show um she feels sort of in a way like the past but not sort of in the way that's like oh here's old wrestlers that we really love sort of in the way that she never really to me grew all that much in ring i think i would say that aino is the far uh superior sort of in-ring worker and she feels sort of from that time of tokyo joshi where it was very character based very heavily over the in-ring style uh and that sort of feeling seems to be disappearing i mean even sort of the lowest i would say the people sort of on the lowest rung booking wise you know palm harajuku uh someone like raku i think are more much more solid in ring than you know someone like tenma so it felt sort of like a oh here's the past and tenma is leaving and that's this is sort of a farewell as the roster continues to sort of shift and change and i'm interested to see once we sort of get past this retirement the marika kobashi retirement which have seemed to taken up for me a lot of the airspace 
between this show and the two retirements taking up a lot of airspace. I'm interested to see what these cards look like once all of this has sort of cleared out. Yeah, no, and this, uh, I felt this match had an even more abrupt finish. Like it kind of just ended. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, okay. Uh, on to the next thing. Uh, but the match was good. It was decent. Uh, the entrance was the main selling point of the match to me. The entrance was super cool. I really liked the uh, the song and stuff. Uh, I went three stars on it. It was fine, but nothing to write home about, you know. The next match, a big eight-person tag team match. The team of Marika Kobashi, Palm Harajuku, Raku, and the visiting back again, Ram Kaichao, taking on... Neo Bishikigun of Martha, Meisan Michelle, Saki Sama, and Yukio San Laurent joined during their entrance by, I believe, every single member of Neo Bishikigun and, I believe, the original Bishikigun, uh, the original version of this group, in an entrance that I think to me personally was my favorite entrance of the entire night. Yeah, entrance of the year right here. It was incredible. The, I think they put the entire thing up on YouTube so you, people can see it. It's fantastic. I also tweeted out, I took a, I actually stopped the show while I was watching to take a screenshot of they had Saki-sama in the chair. They spun the chair around and everyone sort of posed. And I was like, this is very cool. I mean, even like, Masao coming out, which is totally logical, but to me, I hadn't even thought of that happening. It was so cool. Like, came out, I was like, wow, that's cool. Yoshiko-sama coming out. It just was uh, really awesome. I was like, this is great. A great sort of nod to the past. Without really, I mean, once they were done, they sort of went to the past. It didn't really overwhelm the match, so it wasn't like, you know, Oh, they're still here. What are they doing here? So I thought it was great. I thought the match was super fun, um, high paced. I always forget just, I think because I don't see him that often anymore is that Yukio San Laurent's offense is mainly consistent of pulling sharp medical supplies out of his jacket (laughs) and attempting to stab people with them. It sure is. Uh, Which in this match included scalpels and needles, uh, syringes. I really want Yukio Saint Laurent to do a tour of DDT. Like I think it would it would be nice to see him get some more reps in. I, I really I really like him and he's super cool. So let's see more of him. Yes, and I also thought on the other side, I thought there was a lot of great Ram Kai Chow stuff. I thought they nailed yeah. the Ram Maker uh, yes. with the zoom out. I was like, wow, they nail you know, because sometimes when people do that sort of tribute Rainmaker stuff, the camera does not cooperate um so i thought they nailed that i thought ram looked great i thought the whole match was great and then at the end marika kobashi sort of taking the rose from saki sama not destroying it so interested to see if that leads to something although in an in the next you know month or so don't know what would happen there it makes me wonder is she really not retiring and is she going to come back in a new incarnation as uh, Marika Sama, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Could be. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, I thought that this match was super, was a ton of fun. 
with so many people high pace. So uh, big recommend. I mean, even if just to watch the entrance, it's <laughs> worth it to me. Yeah, no, this isn't like a work rate match of the year match, but I went three and three quarters on it. I thought it was so much fun. The next match, a big singles match, Hikaru Shida returning to in-ring action in Japan for the first time in, I believe they said, two years, defeating Hikari Noah in 8 minutes and 33 seconds. Another match that I thought had a very abrupt ending with Hikaru Shida winning with the Falcon Arrow, something that, to almost comical effect, she never wins with. Yeah, I'm, well, no, nobody kicks out of the Falcon Arrow. I mean, we, we know this. But uh, Aki providing the uh, Excalibur backup saying she's done the deal <laughs> on commentary, which I appreciated. Uh, this match I thought was fine. I was sort of very excited for this match, and I thought that they went out and sort of just delivered a match that was mostly fine. I thought it was on track to be good, to be great. And it just, it ended way sooner than I think it should have. Like, I thought the Falcon Arrow was going to lead into the finishing sequence. So I was like, okay, here we go. And then it was like, no, it's over. And I was just, you know, I just was like, hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, The big moment leaving was Aja Kong was on commentary for this match and Hikaru Shida acknowledging her, sort of pointing her out as she left so possibly something there, building something there. I know as we'll talk about in a little bit, Aja Kong returning very soon to oh, in-ring nice. action after her surgery. Uh, so maybe Tokyo Joshi, maybe DDT, maybe AEW looking to uh, run back the match of the year contender from a couple years ago of Shida versus Aja Kong. And it will be interesting. To, I mean, I'm very interested to see now that she's had the surgery, had some time off to see if Aja maybe gets a little bit of mobility back in the ring, because that would be exciting. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was my favorite part of the match. I mean, it wasn't even in the match. It was just at the end, but that was super cool. I really hope they do something with it. The next match was the first of three straight title matches to finish the show. The International Princess title match, the champion Maki Ito successfully defending her title, defeating Yuki Arai in 16 minutes and 18 seconds. Kelly, what did you think of this match? I really enjoyed it. Uh, Super dominant performance from Maki Ito. And it felt like to me, kind of like the Mizuki match. This was a victory for Ito over her past. Like she was just say like she was beating Arai to prove like, Hey, I didn't need to be a successful idol. I've got this and I'm better than you at it. So I, I thought that was great. Uh, Arai still looks great, continued to impress here in what is definitely the biggest match of her career yet. Uh, this is definitely not the last time we'll see these two clash. I think they'll have a lot of matches over the years, but uh, this was really good. I went four stars on it. Well, I was a bit lower than you. I went three and a half. I thought it was a, pretty solid good match i think the biggest thing to me is that you know yuki Arai. i don't know what's going to happen after this but in a title match very soon into her career i think on commentary they said that this was her 30th 
uh, match yeah. ever. So still pretty early on. It still it feels to me like she sort of needs to find uh, offensive identity in terms of what she does in the ring. She sort of has the axe kick, which seems to come out from time to time, but sort of in between the use of the axe axe kick. Uh, it just there there isn't really a strong like who is this wrestler to me which is not uncommon for a rookie who as i said now has 30 matches um but as someone sort of being thrust up the card pretty high um and you know used to sell what is the biggest show in this company's history it just feels like it's not quite there as to like who is this person in the ring yeah and i think the the booking of the match was perfect for that because it was like okay she's super popular there's a lot of people that are behind her so she gets up to this point on the card but technically she's not there yet so she pretty much she got dominated by ito and it's like okay this makes sense this is actually exactly how this match should have gone you know yeah, and as we talked about in the preview, it will be interesting to see where Ito goes from here. Um, I know that uh, Thunder Rosa winning the AEW women's title, and I tweeted out, you know, who should be my first, def- who should I make my first defense against? I saw a number of people talking about Maki Ito um, on the DDT show. Uh, Christopher Daniels did send in a video to say that. AEW and DDT have reached an agreement that DDT talent will be going to AEW. Uh, after the show, Takagi clarified that that does include uh, Tokyo Joshi wrestlers. So I'm assuming we will start seeing Tokyo Joshi. You know, we have seen them in the past in AEW, but I'm assuming we'll see them more often now, mm-hmm. especially as sort of the Uh, It becomes easier to travel. You know, the rumors are in the next few months that Japan may do away with any quarantine coming into the country, which would make travel uh, between Japan and the United States a lot easier. But the big question, of course, is Maki Ito, international princess champion. You know, if she were to go into a title match with Thunder Rosa, does Tokyo Joshi want her losing uh, as champion? That was really the one thing that I thought, oh, maybe they have a rye win. Ito goes to the States and then she's sort of free to, you know, she could win, I guess, but win or lose any sort of matches in AEW. But we'll see. Um, I know that Miyu Yamashita is heading over in May, I believe, um, having some matches on the West Coast. So I'm assuming at that point we will see her in AEW or I hope my fingers are crossed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if I'm AEW, but, I'm bringing in Yamashita. I'm if you keep her around for a bit, honestly, book her like she's Asuka in NXT. Just have her KOing people and then do a title match. Yeah, so we will see, but we'll see what happens with this Ito uh, title reign moving forward. The semi-main event of the show was for the Princess Tag Team titles. The champions, the Magical Sugar Rabbits of Mizuki and Yuka Sakazaki retaining their titles, defeating the team of Miyu Watanabe and Rika Tatsumi in 17 minutes and five seconds. 
this was a match I enjoyed. Uh, I went three and three quarters. I really thought the finishing sequence was really strong. I thought Yuka really sold uh, well. She had some things where, you know, she tried the lariat and she was a little bit off balance. I thought some of that stuff was great. Obviously, big point of the match was Miyu Watanabe getting both Mizuki and Yuka Sakazaki up for the giant swing at the same time, uh, which I thought looked really great. Looked like I don't even know how she did it. Uh, but three and three quarters for me. So a, a really strong, uh, good uh, semi main event. Semi main event. Yeah, I went four on this one uh, to the Yuka was the star of the match for me. She was so good here. Like this, her selling was fantastic, and like her clo- the closing stretch was awesome. She was laying in those shots. It was great. Uh, I was honestly surprised to see the champions retain here, but the win felt earned. Uh, it was like a hard-fought match. I I really liked it. Um, and yeah, every time Watanabe does the double swing, it's super impressive. Like it, That's a thing that no matter how many times she does it, I'm not going to not be impressed by it. Yeah, and on cage match, uh, this match has an 8.92 on 51 votes, so just under four and a half stars. So the consensus a little higher than me. Kelly, what was your star rating for that? Uh, I went four. Okay, so slightly higher than me, but in the same uh, in the same ballpark. Yep. And then the main event for the Princess of Princess title, Shoko Nakajima defeating the champion Miyu Mashita in 19 minutes and 6 seconds to become the newest Princess of Princess champion. Lots to talk about here. I thought the match was fairly strong. I went four stars. Um, You know, wasn't crazy. I saw some people as high as, I believe, four and three quarters. Uh, the cage match rating is 8.97, so nearly four and a half stars. Uh, I thought a solid match. Uh, wasn't blown away. I thought, as always, Yamashita was excellent. Uh, Nakajima, I think she's very good. She often struggles to get into that like really great arena for me, which I think is where sort of this ended up at at four, you know, three and three quarters, four stars. Um. But sort of most interested by the booking, Miyu Yamashita winning the title, dominating pretty much every up-and-coming wrestler in the company to then drop it to Shoko, who has already held the title um, in the past. Obviously makes sense if Miyu's going to go to the United States and do an extended uh, stay in the States. It makes sense to take the title off of her. So that part I sort of understand, but I don't really... I still am stuck on this idea of that you have this big title reign and the change that you make is to someone who sort of already is in that top tier. Yeah, I I thought it was the most boring way possible to end her reign. Uh, uh, the commentary sold it a little bit for me where they were saying that uh, they've kind of over the years traded this belt back and forth. And I thought, so I, looking at it that way, I think it's kind of interesting. So that that saved it a tiny bit for me. Um, I thought the match itself was great. 
Uh, I think this is probably my favorite performance that I've ever seen from Nakajima. I thought she did really well kind of putting up a fight against Yamashita's just onslaught. And I think I went uh, four and a half on the match. I really, really enjoyed it. Divorced from the booking. The booking is whatever. It's bleh. I, I think Nakajima is probably going to be a transitional champion. Uh, in all honesty, I would love to see Tokyo Joshi bring over um, Mayu Kihi from DDT and have her kind of just come in and be the new champion. I think that would be really cool. But for the match itself, it was good. It was It was definitely a good cap to this show. I thought it was interesting that neither one of them really had an extravagant entrance. It was kind of just, here we are, you know, we're, we're here to wrestle. And it, I thought that was interesting. It kind of showed just how serious they were about the match. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, it's an interesting decision. I think largely uh, with some of these, you know, the booking of the show, as we talked about in the beginning, 1,714 fans in Sumo Hall is not a great number. It's essentially a full Cork and Hall show, you know, with no restrictions. I think part of that could be down to the fact that, you know, I think this main event, it sort of made sense when it was booked, but I thought that this was sort of the play it safe um, sort of version of what they could have done Definitely. in terms of booking a main event. You know, as we've talked about in the past, we, uh, you know, don't always see eye to eye with the company in terms of what stardom does with a lot of their booking. But I do think that they do a good job in getting some of these people up the card. And I think that you've now got a whole, a big generation of, you know, just sort of deserving wrestlers in this upper mid card who have not, gotten that shot to sort of be at the top mizuki mi watanabe uh maki ito although she has the international princess title that it just sort of feels like at this point it's like a shrug of the shoulders where you're like is this ever gonna happen it just feels like they're not interested it feels like they're like we have the three or four people that are gonna hold this title and the title's just gonna sort of move between these three people whenever we sort of need it to move. Yeah, it is it's very odd booking. Uh, I don't know. I, I really think it all depends on what happens after Nakajima. Cause it, again if it's just like Yuka wins, then oh, okay, fine, whatever. I guess we're just doing this forever. But if it's someone that new comes in, then uh, then we see okay, that they, they did have like a plan for this, but Right now, again, it's just the most boring way possible for Yamashita's run to end. It just feels to me like no risk booking. Like yes. you're just like, well, this is a person who's established, so we'll move it from one person who's established to the other. And that, unfortunately, you know, you can, as the sort of shows improve in ring wise, you can sort of help that way. But you got to take a risk at some point. I mean, I think to me, it's crazy that Ito has not held the title. She's the biggest star to me. The biggest match on this card was Ito against Arai. And I think yeah. probably a lot of people would agree with Arai being, you know, the SKE 48 stuff. But the fact, I mean, Ito isn't even a risk at this point to no. me. No, not at if all. If you're like, well, let's get, you know, okay, maybe 
you know, Mio Watanabe would be a risk. Okay, maybe, you know, maybe Mizuki would be a risk, although I would argue she's in the top five in the company. And certainly one of the best, you know, probably in the top three in terms of in-ring. But Maki Ito is like a home run. Like, why would you not do that by this point? Yeah, I don't get it. Uh, so we will, uh, I guess we'll see moving forward. They have a Corican coming up in April. Uh, announced a number of Corkins and some more big shows throughout the rest of the year at this show. So we will have to see what happens with that, see what happens with all the AEW stuff. So still some big question marks moving forward for Tokyo Joshi. Yep. And then uh, kind of going off of that, the next show, we had a DDT Judgment, which had a Sakiakai versus Maya Yukihi match on it, which uh, Taylor, did you have a chance to watch this? I unfortunately did not uh, get to watch it yet. Okay. Uh, it is awesome. I was really, really impressed by this match. Uh, I still have two more matches to go on judgment, but as of now, this is my favorite match from both of the, the, the shows. I thought it was really good. Just brutal looking strikes from Yukihi and Saki really stood and just traded with her. Like there is some really good, uh, strike exchanges super hard hitting and messy at times, but in a good way, you know, kind of like the Charlotte Sasha Banks dynamic at times where it's like, Oh, this feels dangerous, but it make like it, it, uh, ups the match a bit. Like I really like this. Saki Kai wins here. Um, kind of saw that coming, but again, the match was so good. Who cares? I went four and a half on it. This was definitely something that's worth checking out. In other news, the last two weeks, Stardom has had a number of big shows. The first one on March 11th, their first New Blood show, or as Dave Meltzer called it in the Observer, The Blood Show, uh, which was interesting. Uh, the results, Momokogo defeating Sayaka, Aihosan and Maria defeating the Cosmic Angels team of Unagi Sayaka and Wakasukiyama. Donna Del Mundo of May Sakurai and Mirai going to a 15-minute time limit draw with Queen's Quest team of Lady C and Saya Kamatani, the Stars team of Hanan and the returning Saya Ida defeating the Just Tap Out team of Aoi and Tomoka Inaba, Oedo Tai team of Ruaka and Starlight Kid defeating the Diana team of Haruka Umasaki and Naname, and in the main event, the debuting rookie Miyu Amasaki falls to Utami in 11 minutes and 52 seconds. I thought this show was a ton of fun. Uh, this is the sort of thing that I always really enjoy, sort of a change of pace show uh, that Stardom seems to do sort of these types of shows less and less. They got rid of, you know, the costume battle royal, things like that, that I always thought were really fun. Thought that this was a strong show highlighted by that stars versus just tap out match which I just thought was great. Uh, really my sort of pace style of match, sort of like that Starlight Kid Azumi match. I went four and a quarter on that because I thought it was really, really great. But as always, we got to talk about the fact on a New Blood show, why is there a time limit draw? <laughs> why? What? what? I, I think okay. I messaged you. I was like, all right, look at the card. Guess which one's a time limit draw. <laughs> 
Mei, Sakurai, Mirai, Lady C, and Sayaka Matani, you're telling me you can't find out one of those four people to take the fall in a in a mid-card match on this? Saya, your number oh. two champion. Saya is number two Mai champion Sakurai? and cannot defeat Mei, Sakurai, or like, Mirai. And by the way, Mirai and Mai Sakurai cannot pin Lady C? Yeah. Come on. I don't like understand. this. This one is indefensible to me. Oh yeah, and it stuck out like a sore thumb on the on this show. Like it just it didn't fit with anything else. It was just like, oh, this is just a regular stardom match. All right. Uh, so yes, but highly recommend checking out that stars just tap out match, Kelly. Yeah, I really I like you the... watch them as well. Yeah, I really like the first two matches on the card. I think those were my favorites. I thought Momokogo and Sayaka did really well. I thought Momo's selling of her leg was awesome in this match. This was, for me, the best I've seen her look so far. And I, I thought Sayaka looked really good, too. She, I, I noted she throws elbows like she's Minoru Suzuki. And I've noticed that might not just be a coincidence because she also sometimes works Suzuki's store. So I wonder if he's like helping to train her, which would be super cool if that's the case. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, and then I really also enjoyed the Maria and Ihozan uh, versus the Cosmic Angels match. I thought that was really good. Super intense. I like that a lot about this show where you have the interpromotional matches where everyone's really fired up to not lose for their company. So like those were that match was awesome. Maria looked great. She definitely like held the match together. Uh, I thought. I went three and a quarter on that one. That one was really good. Worth checking out. Uh, in the main event, I thought Miyu Amasaki looked really good. She had a super strong debut. I think she's already ahead of a bunch of her peers at this point. And, uh, but, you know, being in there with Utami definitely has to help. But I think she's got a ton of potential. Yeah, it's funny that uh, Unagi Sayaka match. I was I was sitting there thinking, wow, it really is amazing how much better Unagi has gotten. Oh from yeah, when she debuted, and then of course, right as I was thinking that, like she botched something or something <laughs> happened, and I was like, well, I jinxed it. Yep. Um, but still, very good. Um, yeah, I also enjoyed that match. The following day. Stardom had the big Queen's Quest versus Oedo tie five match series. Uh, one of the big sort of surprises of that show was 
Queen's Quest Advertising and X, which turned out to be Miyu Amasaki. And the whole thing ended, the five-match series ended in a 2-2-1 stalemate uh, with Utami and Momo, their match together, ending in a 15-minute draw. So the whole show ends in a draw. Uh, Yay! So getting even bigger and bigger. Uh, and then another show on the 13th, March 13th, at Corican Hall, a title match, the artist of stardom title holders himika mika and natsupoi retaining their artist title over utami sai kamatani and lady c also on that show was the announcement of the cinderella tournament matches which we will talk about in a few minutes you know that artist title match i would have bet money that that was going to be a draw they don't often do the title like on Corkin because that was really the one sort of big match on that show. They don't often do them in the main events of like title matches on big shows. So I'm not surprised that that one was not. Um, and then the cosmic angels team came out afterwards to challenge uh, for those titles. So just sort of moving, moving that along. I think the artist title at this point are sort of the bottom, you know, except for the future. Uh, of stardom title which is the rookie title i think the artist titles are sort of the least important titles in the company um so not all that surprised that that ended in a decision uh seedling has had a show on march 18th i haven't gotten the chance yet to watch that but that had the riko kawahata riko kaiju main event um some shows oz had a show sendai girls Ice Ribbon had a number of shows, but the big Ice Ribbon news of the last two weeks, Tsukasa Fujimoto getting married and announcing that after the May 4th Yokohama Budokan show, which is Ice Ribbon's usually one of their biggest shows of the year, that she will be taking an indefinite leave of absence. Kelly, who is going to be left on the Ice Ribbon roster? Man, I don't know. Like, this is... They're taking hit after hit after hit. I I don't know what's going to be left for this company. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what is going to happen with them. I think that Fujimoto is the booker. That's yeah. It's oh. like I was wondering, like, what kind of absence does that leave? Not just as a wrestler, but just behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, so I don't know if she's going to keep doing it and, you know, just not being involved in the shows. Uh, To me, the answer, you know, you're like, well, what do you do? I mean, I think either, you know, I think Ibuki Hoshi is probably your sort of like default. I mean, to me, of the roster that's left, like someone who's ready to hold the Infinity title and sort of you know, I would say put it on Hoshi, bring in a bunch of freelancers to try and, you know, sort of hype up her title and, and try and make something out of some out of her because she has been good. She's had good matches in the past that I have yeah. enjoyed and you've enjoyed. So she's got the in-ring skill and you don't really have that many other options that are sort of ready at that. What I would think is at or near that level. Uh but really just a devastating a devastating blow to Ice Ribbon who felt, you know, a, a year ago, a year and a half ago, they were really sort of building momentum 
And between the prominence, people leaving, uh, Maya Yukihi going freelance, Sakushi retiring, Fujimoto taking the leave of absence, it really feels like a stalled. I mean, to me, it feels like a stalled out promotion in many ways. Yeah, I mean, you just took out their entire, the entire top of their card. Like, everyone's just gone. You'll have Sakushi for a little bit longer. You'll have Fujimoto for a little bit longer. But now, you know, it's sort of like, well, got to get ready for what that looks like past that moment. And, you know, not helped by, you know, we talk about, you know, oh, stardom has only taken a few people from, you know, Ice Ribbon, but it only sometimes takes one, you know, it's like a Jenga yeah. board. Sometimes it only takes one piece and you say, well, it's just, you know, one person. That's all it sometimes takes to sort of take down a company that, you know, these Josie companies mostly are you know, stardom is Tokyo Joshi is they're backed by big companies. Really all these other Joshi companies are not exactly on solid ground. I don't mean to speak poorly of them, but they're not companies. I mean, the fact that, you know, seedling has seemingly survived losing Nanae for some amount of time is good, but they're all sort of in precarious positions, which is also why I'm sort of surprised that all of them lasted throughout COVID because COVID was a big thing where I thought, well, this is going to take out some of these companies. Yeah. Because mm. it's hard for everyone. It's even the men's, some of the men's companies are having a you know tough time. And, you know, some of them are on firmer footing than uh, the Joshi companies, but we'll see. I'm hoping you know, I know you, Kelly, love Ice Ribbon. I love Ice Ribbon. So I'm hoping that they can, in some way, uh, bounce back from this and uh, return to form. Yeah, because, yeah, I don't want this to be the end of the promotion, especially now when they finally made themselves more accessible to foreigners. Yes, but not to be all bad news they did run a number of shows in the last two weeks including a Corican hall show where they had two title matches yuki mashiro retaining her triangle ribbon title over now ishikawa and and seedlings riko kaiju and sakushi even though she is retiring soon defeated saki to retain her ice infinity title on that show as well the uh reunion of muscle venus the team of akaro shidu and Tsukasa Fujimoto defeating Hamaka Hoshi and Makoto in the semi-main of that show. Uh, Diana had two shows in the past two weeks, including one on the 13th, where Sakura Hirota and Yumi Oka defeated Haruka Umasaki and Miyuki Takase to win the Diana Tag Team titles. But wait, later that day, <laughs> March 13th, at Wave, Haruka Umasaki and Miyuki Takase defeated Sakura Hirota and Yumioka to not only win back the Diana tag team titles, but also win the Wave tag team titles, a double <laughs> tag title match. So at the end of the day, Haruka Umasaki and Miyuki Takase end up plus one on the titles for themselves. After losing them in the afternoon, they gain them back in uh, the evening. 
and Wave having a show on March 20th with a big Wave versus Prominence elimination match. Nagisa Nozaki, Sakura Hirota, Yuki Miyazaki, and Yumi Oka taking on Miyako Matsumoto and the Prominence team of Mochi, Miyagi, Risa Sara, and Suzu Suzuki. Uh, and then in Pure J, the team of Arisa Nakajima and Haniko Nakamori retaining their Pure J tag titles over Miyuki Takase and Rina Yamashita. So that is everything that has happened in the last two weeks of Joshi. And there is lots coming up. The first one hasn't happened yet, but will have happened by the time we record. Stardom has a show on March 21st highlighted by a main event of Tekla versus Ruaka for the SWA title, assuming that will be a neat and tidy defense for Tekla. And in the semi-main event, Julia and Suri facing off against Mayu Iwatani and Saya in an exciting match that I'm sure will go to a time limit draw. I'm going to predict it doesn't because... Well, who pins I... who? I, I, I don't know who... I think Julia gets pinned because I think it'll further the split between her and Siri. I feel like a loss here would make sense to further that story, which now that I'm saying it means they won't do it and it'll be a time limit draw. But ideally, I would book it <laughs> as Julia getting pinned by Mayu, probably. Or hell, give Saya a big win. Why not? I think Saya should turn on all three of them and pin them all in the middle of the ring. <laughs> uh, no. With her new tag partner, Toby Makabe. Oh, boy. Uh, but the two biggest shows of the next two weeks are the two nights of the Stardom World Climax at Sumo Hall. The first night is on March 26th. And let's run down the card here. The first night opens with Hennen taking on Rena for the future of stardom title. Kelly, do you think Hannon retains her future of stardom title here? I think so. Yeah. She's All having right. a good run. <laughs> uh, the next match, just a singles match, the returning Saida taking on Mirai. That should be a, a fun match down at the start of the card. The next match is a, uh, Six-person tag gauntlet match. The teams Himika, Natsupoi, and Meisakurai, Ruaka, Saki Kashima, and Fukigen Death, Mina Shirakawa, Waki Sukiyama, and Momo Kogo, and the final team, Azumi, Lady C, and X. Uh, if it's the same X as it was last time for Queen's Quest, it will be uh, Miyu. Uh, but maybe it's someone else. I don't believe that the X has been announced quite yet. Uh, so we will have to wait and see on that one. Then a big Donna Del Mundo prominence tag team match. Micah and Tekla taking on the prominence team of Risa Sarah and Suzu Suzuki. That should be a good match I'm excited for. I think that could be the sleeper match of the evening. Definitely. I'm really looking forward to that one. And then we move to the, uh, I guess, the business end of the car. The goddess title are on the line as the champions Koguma and Hazuki take on the Oedo Tai 
super duo of Momo Watanabe and Starlight Kid. This one, I think, could be a victory for Oedo Tai. Kelly, what do you think? Yeah, I think we've got new champs here. Uh, Momo and Starlight Kid are too powerful of a team I, at this point, I would say. They've got a lot of momentum behind them. I mean, Starlight Kid just uh, lost the high-speed title, so you can belt her up again. So I would say they probably win. And then maybe the biggest match on the card, two-thirds of freedom, Mayu Iwatani and the returning Kyrie, not Kyrie Hojo, not Kyrie Sane, just Kyrie, taking on the Cosmic Angels team of Tom Nakino and Unagi Sayaka. Kelly, I know you're excited. I'm excited Hell yeah. for the return of Kyrie. Um, this... Uh, a big match, a big sort of stage for Unagi, considering it's not a title match, but sort of a big uh, spotlight match for her. Another big spotlight match for her. Yeah, no, this should be awesome. It'll be so good to see Kyrie back. The semi-main for the Wonder of Stardom title will see the champion Sai Kamatani defending against former World of Stardom title holder Utami Kelly. Do you think Saya retains here or loses the title? I think Saya retains. Like it's it's trying to work through the logic, you know, of the having the match the next night too, because it's like I I feel like Saya retains. To me, it would be crazy if Utami wins just because it's like, why would you give Saya the belt just to lose it very yeah. quickly after? But it also seems weird to be like, oops, Utami loses the World of Stardom title and now she loses the Wonder of Stardom. Like, it, it feels like hitting all the rungs on the way down. Like, boink, I don't know. Boink, it like, kind of feels like they're cycling her down because what was the match on the last episode we did? I talked about where she her team took a fall that they really shouldn't. Have. It was against a way tie team, I think. In oh, like, that's right. Yeah. It was like the second from the, the bottom and she took her team took a loss. So it's like, I don't know. It feels like they're cycling her down. So this I, feels weird. Yeah. I think it she's feels losing weirdly like a match where they're like, we need a big match. And they're like, well, we'll just put Utami in the match without thinking why. Yeah. Like, obviously, if Saya wins, then it's like, hey, I beat Utami. Like, I've established myself. But it's also like, ooh, weird for her. Oh, ooh, or the other ooh. option that we didn't met. Oh, time draw. on the draw. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't want it to happen. So when it's not directly in front of me, I, I block it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, nope, it's not going to happen. Uh, but anyway, on that note, on that inspiring note, the main event of the March 26th show, big match, maybe the biggest match in stardom for the World of Stardom title, Shuri versus the champion Shuri versus the challenger, the night one challenger, Julia. This one to me is up in the air. Kelly, what do you think is going to happen? Oh, uh, yeah, this one's a toss up. I want to say I want to say Julia wins. And possibly through not honorable means. 
and kind of kick off her end of Donna Del Mundo as the heel side. Though, but then again, then that's interesting. Prom- well, you you took my hot take because I was going to say I think Julia wins, <laughs> uh, but I wasn't thinking of through nefarious means. Obviously, as we've heard, it was the original plan for Julia to win the five star Grand Prix before she was injured. That's right. Yeah. I wonder if they're like, great, we've given Shuri the title. She's established as this sort of title holder. Now we can sort of move her off of this and move her into a, you know, uh, Donna Del Mundo versus Donna Del Mundo feud, which will sort of keep her in the spotlight. Is it long enough? Like, will people be like, oh, sure, you barely defended your title before you lost it to Julia, but also... hmm. Like what would, if Julia loses, what would happen? Because I think the way, I, I, I don't know if you agree. I think the winner of this match comes out of the next night as champion. Yes, absolutely. I think either of these people are beating or doing a time limit draw with Mayu. Yeah, no, I, I think for sure. Um, I, th- I think you could see Julia turn here. Because especially just with the tension that's been building. And I feel like then Siri doesn't look bad come losing, you know, she just got cheated and it kind of builds <sighs> their feud more. The only thing about that is if that were what were what would happen, I feel like if it were me, and I'm not clearly I'm not the person booking stardom, um like I would have then flip I would have had Mayu say, Well, I'm gonna go first. Because yeah, know, that's the baby true. Face and and have Shuri beat her, and then if you're going to do this thing where it's like she's turned, and I imagine, you know, like her team Tekla comes out, whoever else is sort of on that side comes out, and you end night two of the these two big shows of like Julia has turned in the ring, like standing, you know, standing on top of Shuri, being like, "This is my company, and I'm the champion," and like that feels like a night two event. Yeah. And also like heal Julia. Then what happens with the prominence feud or the prominence, the faces at that point. Oh, that is true. Yeah. That's uh, another part of it. Yeah, and that's another part that goes with just, if there's a Don Del Mundo split, what happens with the prominence feud at that point? Like they're running two stories at the same time, which makes me think that the prominence split isn't going to happen as soon as we think it might. And I'm trying to look at the next night because, well, let's talk about the next night and then maybe that will inform our ideas. Yeah. So the very next night, March 27th, Stardom World Climax Day 2 at Sumo Hall. The first match will be another future of Stardom title match. It will be the winner of Hanan versus Rina versus May Sakurai, uh, I think whoever wins on night one comes out of night two as champion. Yeah, probably. Unless My Sakurai, let's say you you do do the the split, and My Sakurai is on the evil side, and you want to kind of help belt up that side. I guess if it was a Hanan win, then you could have her lose the title on day two. I guess that's possible i just don't really understand may sakurai at this point no i don't either um 
like like what is she she doesn't feel a part of donna del mundo to like she feels no. like a person who's like latched on yeah to something else entirely happening she is there entirely because they need more bodies for the eventual split because like i like i said her joining is what tipped it off for sure because they didn't change her name like we know that's why it's happening well that's not that's not why but it's a, a part of it where they're gonna that's coming The next match is the return of the Cinderella Rumble announced so far. Unagi Saika, Mina Shirakawa, Lady C, Miyu Amasaki, Saki Kashima, Ruaka, Saeida, Momokogo, Waka, Tsukiyama, Tomoko Anabe, Aoi, Haruka Umasaki, Naname, Maria, Aihosan, Mesuruga, Yuna Mizumori, and several others. According to the Stardom website, that's the language they use. So um, not much to talk about there. A good mix of talent, uh, a lot of people who were on the New Blood show, and should be fun as yeah. long as they don't have uh, what's his face again. Um, who was on the? Why can't I think of his name now? Yeah, everyone knows who I'm talking. Everyone yeah. knows who I'm talking about. And uh, uh, we all know Mesa Ruga should obviously win. Mesa Ruga's uh, first time in uh, Sumo Hall, first time yep. wrestling in Sumo Hall. Yeah. Uh, the next match, the loser of the Wonder of Stardom title match from night one, so Saya or Utami, will take on Mirai. So two fun, good sort of low-stakes matches for Mirai to show her skill here. So th that should be a good match as well. Yeah, I feel like Utami is a better matchup for her. So I, that's my guess. Because I, I, th I do think Saya wins for the first night now, even more so. And then Utami can kind of get some of her heat back with the victory here. See, the second night is helping us figure out the first night yep. as we go through. It's like the a crossword next... puzzle. You can't get one part, yeah. so you go do the, uh, <laughs> can't get the across, so you do the up and down. The next match, Hazuki versus Momo Watanabe. Uh, yeah, should be a good match. Yeah. Um, I would, well, I'm like, well, if Momo and Starlight Kid win the titles, do you think Hazuki wins the singles match? Uh, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Or like, do Hazuki and Koguma retain and then Momo can win a singles match the following night? Could be. Maybe. We'll see, but should be a good match either way. The next match, a high-speed title match, Azumi versus Koguma versus Natsupoi. Uh, stardom emptying the ranks of everyone except for Starlight Kid that is in the high-speed division. And uh, uh, Fukigen Death. Oh, that's right. Not using Fukigen Death, of course. The most <laughs> important member of the high-speed division. Yes. Uh, I'm assuming Azumi retains the title here. I don't see any reason for her to lose it this fast. Yeah. The next match, the returning Kyrie in a singles match taking on Starlight Kid. This might be the match I am most excited for on either night. Yeah, if Kyrie doesn't have ring rust, this has a real shot as a match of the year contender. This is one of those, as I talked about, I you know, that stardom style that I love. This is the match I think could deliver it most. Kyrie is amazing starlight kid just showed against azumi how good she is so this could be very 
very very good so yeah really i'm looking forward to that super excited for that the next match the last non-title match on the show it will be the loser of julia and shiri teaming with micah himika and tekla to take on the prominence team of risa sarah suzu suzuki akane fujita and mochi miyagi Okay, so the split doesn't happen. Julia loses to be in this match. Because I feel like the match just doesn't mean as much if Julia's not in it. Yeah, it also is one of those things where I'm like, Micah, Himika, and Tekla seems like a Julia team-up and not a Shuri team-up. Yeah. I don't know if I'm just, that could be just purely reading too much into it. Uh, But I don't know. I'm just like, do they bring Julia back, put her in a title match just to have her lose that quickly? I mean, I guess she has the prominence stuff. So you're like, okay, it's prominence. Hmm, I don't know. Uh, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> do we think prominence wins either way i mean i think prominence has to win at least one of these matches yeah i think prominence needs to win here i think they would because mm. the first one is micah and tecla versus i think they hmm. i think they win both i think that they lose hmm Because these things, I'm like, I am booking myself into a shoot here, and I know that this is not (laughs) what's going to happen. But my thought would be, you have Micah and Tekla win on night one. Then, on night two, Julia wins wins a title on night one. So it's Shuri, Micah, Himika, and Tekla. You have prominence win, and you have Micah and Tekla go, what the heck? We beat these people last night. Okay, all right. And the difference in the team is that you're here, and that's part of the split. But I think I'm outthinking myself on that. Yeah, I think you probably are, but if that's the way they go, I like it. Like, I think that's an interesting story, but it also feels like a story that Stardom wouldn't do. Yeah. Uh, So, but it would, but I think, yes, I think Prominence has to win at least one of these. But are they going to win? I don't know if they're going to win both. It just feels like something that Stardom would not do. Nah. Stardom can't even have their own people beat their own people. Yeah, that's true. Much less these outsiders who are not, as far as I'm aware, in any way signed with the company beating, you know, this team twice in a row. So anyway, another one we're, we're you know, we're previewing, giving guests. We're like, well, I guess we'll see. Uh, <laughs> strong preview. Uh, but the semi-main event for the, the second Wonder of Stardom title match will be either Saya or Utami going up against former champion Tom Nakino. I think the winner of night one wins this. Yeah, I think so. 
another one that I'm like, why? Another one where I'm like, why is Tom challenging for the Wonder of Stardom title except for the fact that you need a big match? Yeah. And I because don't know, it just feels too soon, but Saya wanted the match for some reason, I guess. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I'm saying sort of out of store. I'm talking about like booking. No, 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 I know. With, booking cause... wise, yeah. Like yeah, I, I would, know. I don't know. I don't know who I would have, but anyway. And then the main event will be the winner of Julia and Shuri facing off against Mayu Iwatani. As I said, I think the winner of night one wins this as well yeah i would say so so that is the two nights of the stardom world climax but it's not over for stardom as on april 3rd they will be having round one of the cinderella tournament a ton of matches uh, on April 3rd. So we are going to run through them. Uh, Kelly, I'm just going to give you the match and you tell me who you think is going to win. All right. Ready? Yes. Himika versus Ruaka. Himika. Okay. And then Himika versus Shuri, who gets a first round by. Siri. Okay. Hazuki versus Miyu Amasaki. Hazuki. Okay. And I'll pipe in when I disagree, but I haven't disagreed with him. <laughs> Azumi versus Momo Watanabe. Draw. You're reading my mind. You're, <laughs> I should say you're reading my notes that I sent you very well. <laughs> Tekla versus Julia. Julia. Okay, interesting. I also want to say now looking at this, I think Julia does not win the title. <laughs> No? Okay. It just feels weird to me to be like, Shuri and Saya, they've already said, like, even if they lose the title, they still get the buy. But it would be weird to be like, hey, Julia is the title holder. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. Maybe I'm fooling myself. Uh, the next match, Koguma versus Fukigen Death. Uh, Koguma. Well, I'm gonna, well you can go, go Koguma. I'll go Fukigen Death. Yeah, no, I'll go Koguma. But yeah, that's one where... Fukigen Death can win any match at any time in a tournament like this besides like the semifinals and above. <laughs> I think we need some chaos. Yeah. So I'll go for Fukigen Death. Uh, Saya Ida versus Rina. Saya. Lady C versus My Sakurai. Uh, Lady C. Okay, I'm going to go my Sakurai. Yeah, that one's more me hoping than anything. <laughs> Utami versus Tom Nakino. Oh. I'm going to... Uh, Tom. Okay, I'm going to do an interesting thing here because I'm looking at the bracket. Oh, draw. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't going to say draw. I'm, I'm helped a little bit by looking at the bracket. I'm going to do... I'm going to say Utami is going to win because Utami is taking on the winner of Mina Shirakawa and Mirai. Okay. Which, uh, uh, your prediction? Um, Mina. I think Mirai, I think Mirai loses to Utami, 
on night two of Sumo Hall, I think Mirai beats Mina and then beats Utami. Okay. In some way, because they still have the over the top rope rule. Yeah. Or on the other hand, Tom beats Utami, Mina beats Mirai, and then Mina gets a victory over Tom, kind of going back to their feud. Oh, interesting. That's a good. Mm, that's a good point. Uh, Wakasukiyama taking on Saki Kashima. Saki. Yep. Uh, Mayu Iwatani and Momo Kogo. Mayu. Unagi Sayaka taking on Hina. Unagi. <laughs> Natsupoi and Starlight Kid. Oh. Do they run it back and do a draw again? I think Natsupoi is going to win. The, the other thing to me is with the time limit draws is I can see where you're coming from, but they are doing like 55 matches on one show. Yeah. And so just time-wise... What's the I time think... limit for these matches? Is it 10 minutes? I think it... Oh, I don't even remember. But it is very short. But even if you... So you, you're going to have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You're going to have 16 matches. Yeah. Even if every match goes five minutes, that is... It's a long night. 16 matches. I mean, that's not that long. That's 80 minutes. Uh, I think you're guaranteed a three-hour show no matter what. I think it'll be higher than... I think it'll be longer than that, but I think you're guaranteed a three-hour show. Because if every match went 10 minutes... And and that's not considering entrances, yeah, uh, intro, promos. Blah, I feel blah, like blah. it's safe to say the average will be about, including intros and promos, will be about ten minutes per match on average. Because that's over. That's almost three hours. Yeah. So I'm just saying I think they stay away from time limit draws in this round because you just probably don't have the time true and you do have the over the top rope rule yes that as well so i think natsupoi goes on okay i'll go starlight kid micah and hanan micah and then finally you're choosing micah micah against saya kamatani micah set up a title match sure i'll go with that so predicting one round, we'll see how right we are or wrong we are. And then we will uh, talk about the next round next, uh, next time we join. So that is the Cinderella tournament, as I said, on the on April 3rd, 16 matches. So a long show. Uh, other promotions have shows coming up as well. Seedling has a show on March 31st. They haven't announced anything. Oz has two shows coming up, including on April 3rd as well, a big Korokin Hall show, My Yukihi versus Akino for the Oz title in the main event, Hiroya Matsumoto and Rina Yamashita taking on Mayumi Osaki and Sayori Ano for the tag titles. They are debuting a brand new three-way championship that I believe will be like the triangle ribbon. Uh, the first match, Kaori Yoniyama 
Yumi Oka and a wrestler I believe is called Mass Dolphin. If my translate <laughs> is to be believed, the picture on the website is sort of a mysterious picture. So we will see what the heck that is. And as I mentioned earlier, Aja Kong returning in the opening match, her first match back after she took some time off and had surgery. So glad to see her back. Tokyo Joshi will be having some shows on March 26th, which I believe that March 26th show is the Nadoka Tenma retirement show. And on April 2nd, Ice Ribbon has a number of shows coming up. On March 27th, Sakushi versus Todoro Satsuki for the Ice Infinity title. And in the tag titles, the Hoshis, Hamako Hoshi and Ibuki Hoshi taking on Saki and Akari Shimizu. And then on the third is the Sakushi retirement show. The match announced for that show is Sakushi versus Makoto. And then Wave has a show on April 1st. Two title matches, the new DualShock Wave title holders, Haruka Umasaki and Miyuki Takase, will take on Yuki Miyazaki and Hibiscus Mi. And in the main event, the Regina de Wave title will be on the line as Nagisa Nozaki takes on Saki. So that is everything coming up. Next time we come to you, we'll be talking all about those big stardom sumo hall shows so looking forward to that but that is everything kelly do you have a, have anything to say before we go or possibly a movie you want to I, tell us about i do but first i want to talk about ice ribbon for a sec i wonder i know sakushi said she wants to retire as champion and that's a cool thing but do you have makoto beat her and then kind of makoto become part of the new upper card of ice ribbon Uh, you could do that, although it may, you know, they could also have her retire as champion, just vacate the title and then have a tournament. And then you have a couple shows sort of pre-built where you can have this title tournament, you know, to fill out some of your cards. That's true. But at the same time, I wonder if you run a tournament like that now, it kind of shows how dire the scene is in your company at the moment, you know? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Like, if people are watching the shows, I think they're realizing, oh, people are leaving. Yeah, that's true. Like, I think you could bring in a number of, you know, you could bring in, uh, you know, seedling people. You could bring in, you know, because they used Rico Kaiju. You could bring in Saki, could come in, you know, the colors. Yeah. Group, you know, I don't know. Maybe you do bring in some of the freelancers that, you know, Maya, even if she doesn't win or something like that. So you have options, but it will be interesting to, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And, uh, let's see. I did, I did see a movie yesterday. I went to the theater to saw the, to see the Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, anime movie. And that was very good. Nice little, uh, prequel story to the series. Definitely worth checking out. If you like that show. But by the time you hear this, I don't know if it's still in theaters because it was one of those limited engagement gimmicks. Wow. Uh, I don't know what that is, but if you do, uh, check it out. 
And I got a, a cup with Jared Leto's face on it to promote Morbius, which is a movie that I still don't believe actually exists. Well, that is everything for us here at Jumping Bomb Audio. Thank you for listening, and we will see you in two weeks. So for Kelly, I'm Taylor. See you next time. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.